Hello, PodFam, and hello, Rachel. How are you today? I am doing good, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. This is the folklore episode, so I am super stoked. We've been kind of talking about it for a while. Woo! Woo! We don't even know what episode number this is. No, we're going to just pepper this one in just so, you know, it'll be a little surprise. Maybe we'll save it for a big announcement that Taylor does. And FYI, we are filming – or we're filming. Oh, God. We are recording this on the day – that she dropped three very suspicious pictures of her at the Brit Awards. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, they seem cryptic to me. I was like, oh my God, Taylor, you're going to break the internet. She's, she's dropping all the albums today. Unfortunately, she didn't. It literally looks like she's teasing every single album that she hasn't re-released yet. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you can't do that girl, but you know what? She's insane. So she probably would. I feel I feel like she would she'd just be like boom here it is everything yeah <laughs> I'm out she would be like I've been working on a TS10 I just need to get these out of the way enjoy them yes <laughs> I got other albums that want to be heard so here you go which one are you most yeah. excited for on the re-release of Taylor's version ooh it's got to be red I thought that's so because, for you that's because I am a basic bitch and all too well will destroy me. Oh God, that's gonna be such a good song in her adult vocals. Whew, I can't wait. I will probably listen to it on repeat, and I'm gonna be so glad to be able to listen to it without guilt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've been going back and listening to some of the old albums, and Speak Now. That's a good mm-hmm. album. Like I feel like I it is. I kind of just didn't appreciate it for what it is when it first came out. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of went from the original Taylor Swift to the Fearless and then to Red and then like the the 1989 album. But Mm -hmm. damn, Speak Now, like it's got some really good songs on there. So I'm actually kind of excited to hear um, her uh, adult vocals on that one because a lot of them she does sound really young on. Yeah. Um, That's going to be a good one though. I'm, I'm very excited. You got Dear John. Ooh, um, oh, you got song. Speak Now, which is Speak Now is a bop. I like that song a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah see, just so many good ones. The one thing about anything that came out before Red, I love all of it. I love all of her discography, but I find that as I've gotten older, I am a lot more uh, cognizant of how young her voice is in her original albums that some of them are actually like a little bit difficult to listen to. I find they're, they're difficult to they're difficult to sing along with. I find as an yes. adult, you know, it was different when I was fifteen and mm-hmm. had a higher voice, but now as like an adult, I'm like, ooh, I can't, I can't quite go there. It's a little, yes, a little bit more. Like that's why I love her folklore and Evermore song so much because it's such like a low tone, and I can mm-hmm. do that. I can, you know, jam out in my car to that, or you know, at my desk all day. But yeah. the, the older albums, they're they're a little harder. I sound a little bit preachy. Yes. So let me correct correct myself. I don't mean difficult to listen to as in sh- they were ever bad because I love them. But my uh, taste is definitely positioned more towards her adult low voice. You know. Yes. Yes. So I'm very excited. Like I can't wait to hear. Um, God, what's the song? 
uh teardrops on my guitar i'm mm. so ready yeah yeah from her original album oh my gosh like stay beautiful great song mm-hmm. teardrops oh there's just there's too many there's too many good ones should have said no i'm ready oh, to should have said no yes speak now peak uh the peak uh, wow wow let's try english on on the speak now album uh wait no wait is it on the speak now or is it on the original um which album to burn Oh, that's on the original album. It is on. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember if that was on the original. That's a great song. So many good ones, and also the. Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing. Oh, better than revenge. That's gonna be Ooh, hilarious. Yeah. That's gonna be oh, such yeah. a funny song, as an adult. Yeah, the one thing is, is I'm excited to, for Reputation again because then you can kind of listen to it without guilt. But I also acknowledge too that her voice now is still very similar to I am, her voice then yes i am so much in the same boat with you on that one even the the 1989 album like to me that was still adult taylor mm-hmm. um like don't get me wrong super excited to to appreciate listening to it again but that mm-hmm. one and, and reputation yes like um they still seem so recent i know they've been out for many years now but I still remember when they came out. Yep. Yep. I'm just ready to go. I I think I'm excited for 1989 and Reputation for the Vault tracks. Yes. I think for a lot of these albums, like we already love the original songs, but those it's those Vault tracks that are just going to take it to the next level. Mr. I Perfectly mean, Fine is the bop of my life. Oh my God. That song is always in my head now. Mm-hmm. And then I think we can both agree and probably everyone listening, that if Taylor puts the word happy or happiness in the title of a song, you know it's, it's not never happy. happy. It's not happy. It's going to wreck your it's day. It's never happy. <laughs> oh, God. The We Were Happy song broke me Ooh. the first time I listened to it. I was like, Ooh. oh, my God. It was so good. So good, but yeah. like, very sad. <laughs> I know. I uh, – what was I going to say? Ooh. I know that, you know, everyone would want this to happen, but there's like a 10 minute version of All Too Well. I'm not surprised. I'm like, I'm like, if she released it, I would lose my mind. You would just listen to that one song. I would, except I don't, because she's trying to re-record them in a way that it's like almost exactly like the original album to make it, you know, because the whole purpose is like to make it uh, like her original recordings, like not worth as much, right? Yes. Um, but I wonder if that 10 minute version, if she was ever going to put it out, would be like a vault track. I wouldn't be surprised. And just kind of on that note too, um, when I first heard that, that Taylor was going to re-release all of her albums, I, my first thought was like, I want everything the exact same. Like that's, I always totally on that one track mine. But now Mm -hmm. that I've heard like more of the vault versions and everything. And I'm just like, you know what, Taylor? Like if you threw out like a super sad version of, um, you know, Untouchable, great song. Like mm-hmm. if she really slowed down some of those more poppy songs from her youth, like mm-hmm. I, I would just gain a whole new appreciation for those songs because now that we know what she's capable of with uh, songs like um, Exile and Coney Island, I'm just mm-hmm. like, please feel free to go there with some of that mm-hmm. original like uh, songwriting that you have. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm like, 
Okay, have the purity of the original album and then the vault tracks just really go off, sister. Yeah. We, just we really love go it. Off. We appreciate it. But I forgot to ask you something when we started recording. What, what kind of tea are you drinking today? I actually have a different one today. Um, oh, exciting. So the hmm, tragedy of my life is the fact that uh, our dinner always gets made super late on the days that I'm that we're recording. And it's not my fault. I always make a point to be like, hey, I have to record at eight and then it just doesn't happen. Um, so I was actually kind of running out of time to make tea, but from this morning, we still had a cinnamon apple rubus in the teapot. So I'm drinking that and I definitely warmed it up in a microwave. Perfect. Hey, whatever works, girl, whatever works. It's actually quite good. I would recommend it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Hey, yeah. and you know what? Might as well finish the tea. You don't ever want to throw it out if there's still some good flavor exactly. left. It was just going to be dumped out. And I was like, Laura would be really offended if she ever heard that it got dumped out. So oh my I got to take tea, one for the tea team. down the drain. Just hurts my soul. <laughs> yeah. But what do you have today? Also, I kind of want another tea fact if you have one. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was kind of thinking of one today because I was wondering if you're going to ask me. I'm going to go with the basic one today. And I feel like maybe a lot of people know this. Okay. So, um, White tea, mm-hmm. green tea, mm-hmm. black tea, mm-hmm. oolong, okay. and puer okay. all come from the same plant. Really? Do you know that? I didn't. Do you know okay. what the plant is called? Yes. It's very hard to pronounce. And so someone's probably going to at me and be like, that's not how you pronounce it, Laura. But I'm going to try. Okay. And it's the Camilla sinensis plant. Interesting. Yes. So hmm. that is where most of the teas come from. It's a different plant from the rooibos, uh, red African uh, bush. And um, then obviously herbal teas are not really made from real tea leaves. They're just made from uh, different spices and, and plants. So there is your tea fact of the day. Thank you. No problem. But what are you, what are you drinking this evening then? So I mixed it up a little bit as well. I am drinking a Ooh. tea latte this evening. Oh, mm-hmm. with like so, almond milk or something? Yes. Yeah, so I frothed up some some almond milk. And if if you don't have like a little milk frother, they're super cheap on Amazon. I highly recommend you get them. They're amazing. Uh, so this one I made is a golden latte. And okay. it has turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, cardamom, black pepper, nutmeg, and vanilla bean. So it's good. so good. It's really good. It's got a nice little spice to it. Um, no sweetness. So if you like sweet, you'd have to like add a little honey or some sugar to mm-hmm. it. Um, I don't like sweet teas very, very much. I'm like the spicier, the better. So mm-hmm. this is right up my alley. So I thought, you know, we're filming. I better. Oh, God. I keep saying we're filming. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm very lost. Um <laughs> I came to the wrong studio today. Um, it's because we're going to put this onto YouTube as well, so you're getting a bit confused. Exactly. So if you like to listen to podcasts on YouTube, just search The Tea with Laura and Rachel and you'll find our, our channel and you can listen to your podcast there instead of on whatever other streaming device you have. The most um, subtle of plugs. Yeah, right. Subtle. Subtle. <laughs> um, so yeah, as we were recording, I was just like, you know what? No, I'm going to mix it up 
today. I do have new tea coming, which I'm very excited about, but I won't be able to grab it till the weekend because I have to go back up north to to get it. And I am currently down in the city. Ooh, is my tea there? It will be there and I'll get it to you. Don't worry. Oh my God. Yay. I'm so excited. Yeah. You have to tell me what that mango slushy is like as a fruit tea. Oh, I will. It sounds really good. Even my mom was just like, oh, I should have got that. <laughs> Your mom's about to steal my tea. She might. You got to gotta watch her fingers. You know, if it's if it's a tea that she likes, she'll be like, here, take this one instead because she has like a collection of a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she'll swap it out. You'll never know. She's so sneaky. Mm-hmm. So sneaky. You don't get between but her and her fruit tea. I would never, but. No. I feel like your mother can f- bond on that a little bit yes yes she can but folklore day folklore what is happening what is happening on folklore day it's a very exciting day so we've been plugging this episode for a little while and hey maybe we air it early and then you will plug it after in all of our other episodes but (laughs) today we are going through each one of the songs uh, for copyright reasons. We cannot play the song, so feel free to pause our uh, episode here and play a track, and then turn us back on. Um, so we're just kind of be going going to be going through, you know, our thoughts on each song if it had any impact on us, and then we're also going to be sharing our favorite lyric. And I love when people share their favorite lyrics of a song, so. Yeah. After you listen to this, like, ju- definitely jot down your favorite lyrics as well and share them with us because I would love to know. And mm-hmm. you know, definitely more detail, the better. So provide reasoning behind why you love that lyric. Mm-hmm. I wonder if any of the ones we put down are going to be the same. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are the same. I was thinking about yes. that when I was writing them down. I was just like, this is just such an iconic line that mm-hmm. – I wouldn't be surprised if it was your favorite as well. Yes. Yeah, so this is a surprise for both of us because we haven't actually shared our favorite lyrics. No, we wanted to keep it a surprise. Yeah. I feel like you're definitely going to know some of mine, but it's all good. Probably. And you also know some of mine too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Do you want to take it away with song number one, The One? Yeah. So – Actually, how fitting that I'm the one that starts this off because this is my favorite song on the whole album. This is actually the song that, do you remember when I told you about my Spotify wrapped? Yes, I do. So this is the song that I listened to 50 times from the release to the end of August. And when did Folklore come out? Was it end of July? End of July. Actually, actually, I listened to the whole album 50 times. I listened to the one 100 times. (laughs) So safe to say, favorite song, most played song. It's an everything song for you. It really is. So the favorite lyric for me on this song is that, you know, the greatest films of all time were never made. Mm, Mm -hmm. I was almost going to pick that line. Yes. So So this is actually a very personal song to me because of what I was going through at the time because it was COVID times and you have a lot of time to self-reflect on your feelings and your past and I mean Laura you were there for all of it but I was definitely processing a past relationship of mine from a very long time ago that 
you know, this was the song that I needed at the time, I think, because it really encapsulated that feeling. Yeah, it was really encapsulated that feeling of, you know, that that person isn't right for you, but you're always going to wonder if maybe they were. Yes, definitely. And for who that person was to your life, it was Mm -hmm. something like, like they were, they were really in your life and then all of a sudden gone because of certain circumstances mm-hmm. and then very suddenly pop back into your life, which, yeah, yeah, like the song is very good for, for that time. Yeah, it was. And I mean, I'm not going to pull every single song back to that situation because I really could, but I'll just keep it at this one that this one really just emulated that experience for me and you know I've gotten to a place where I'm like completely past it now and I really think that it was because of this song it helped me get through it yeah definitely because it was definitely something you thought you had already dealt with and it was just like oh wow never mind you're like lol have not dealt with this at all okay cool So yeah, that's my very uh, bare my soul personal analysis. So what about you? What's your favorite lyric? So my favorite lyric on this song, it was definitely hard to pick one um, for for the one. And I'm going with the opening line. The, mm-hmm. I'm doing great. I'm on some new shit. Been saying yes instead of no. Uh, correct. It's quick. It's I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. I am oh, the I one. can't read my own writing. How sad is that? <laughs> <laughs> I did write good, but now that I'm looking at closer, it freaking looks like great. Wow. Sorry, it's okay. It's been a long day, guys. I'm just, it just has a little, been a long I'm day. I'm unorganized. Mm-hmm. Such is my life. And yeah, so I'm sorry. Let me just rephrase that. I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. Been saying yes instead of no. Um, great. Thank you. <laughs> So for me, I've always loved this song. Like it's such a good song. And I think it depends on the day because sometimes it can be really sad. And that's Mm -hmm. definitely how I first interpreted it as a very sad song. But then, you know, after it sat with me for a while and depending on the day, I feel like it's a very sassy song. Can you, can you agree? Yeah. You, okay. You feel the sass in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really just reminds me of young love and brings yep. me back to a time when I was in high school and I feel like a lot of people can agree that <laughs> whatever boy or girl whoever you had a crush on that was the person you were going to marry in your head yep so it just made mine me was re- uh mine was Joe Jonas actually oh I was gonna marry um, Zach Efron love that for you mm-hmm. those were the ones those were the ones for us yep didn't know how I was going to do it, but I had a whole scenario in my head how that was going to play out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even beyond like the the celebrity crush and everything, like just boys in high school and, and that kind of stuff, you know, you'd get a crush on on one. Not that I have ever talked to them, <laughs> some of them at least, some I've known for a long time. Um, but it was just very much that like in my head of like, oh my gosh, this could be the one and what's my life going to look like with that? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, very, very much high school, but also spinning it away from relationships, the the point in my life uh, where I was at when, when this album came out, you know, I was going through huge life change. I was 
leaving um, my job and getting a new job. And it was a really big step forward for me. Mm-hmm. So reflecting back and, you know, as you were saying, the reflection, the self-reflection of COVID, um, it, it's that really that opening line where I'm like, I'm doing good. I'm on some new shit. And like, mm-hmm. I really was saying yes instead of no. So that's kind of where where that song has some impact for me. Mm-hmm. When the whole Folklore album is about that one company. Yeah, Folklore is very much... <laughs> And then Evermore is like, oh, wait, real relationships, right? (laughs) You're like, okay, tears. All right. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anything else you want to say about the one? Oh, yes. I realized that I didn't actually say why I liked that line so much. And it's because of, especially with what I was going through at the time that, um, you know, the greatest films of all time were never made, that, you know what, sometimes even though it's super passionate or super intense, it genuinely might not be right for you. Mm, I love that. Or it or it might not be sustainable and it's just not going to happen. Yes. And that's kind of why I like it. Like I feel like that really captured that where I think so much of young love is very intense and very, you know, like you don't really know how to handle somebody when it comes to their emotions. So you really can hurt each other, you know, Mm -hmm. in that intensity. And, you know, you kind of can irreparably hurt somebody in a way where that relationship won't continue, you know? Right. Yeah. No, very, very true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Song number two, Cardigan. What's your favorite line? (sighs) Mine is uh, chase two girls, lose the one. Mm, I knew I knew that was going to be your line. I freaking yes. knew it. <laughs> and it's for two – and I love it because you can interpret it in two ways. So you can interpret it kind of like basic, you know, you're going after – like a guy is going after two girls. One of them gets sick of it, leaves, right? Mm-hmm. Like very kind of just like basic dating stuff. Or you can interpret it as, okay, you're chasing two girls, but you're losing the actual one. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yes, that's my favorite line. (laughs) Mm, No, such a good line. And, yeah, Cardigan, other than that line, I actually don't have much of an emotional attachment to it in because I know that that song was a lot more impactful for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So I actually kind of want to hear your analysis because for me, beyond that line, it's kind of like, you know, it's a fun bop in the car, but I don't have a big, strong attachment to it, you know? Right. All right. So yes, I love this song so much. And I can definitely say like, it's my, it's my number one track on the entire album. I think every line is brilliant. (laughs) Um, But my favorite is, tried to change the ending, Peter, Luz, and Wendy. I knew it was going to be that one. I know. And I don't, I honestly, like, you're giving me such great, um, you know, meanings behind why you pick your lines. And I don't even know why I love this line so much. I just, it, it's something that just hits me in, in my gut. And Mm -hmm. I know, like, I've had shed many tears when this line uh, is sung. So I think it's, I don't know if it's a loss of innocence or something like that. Can I, like, add my little please like a little tidbit yes whenever I hear that lyric it's just kind of like because it says try to lose like try to change the ending 
but mm-hmm. Peter's still like Peter's still losing Wendy because that's the end of the story, right? Of Peter yes. Pan is that no matter what, like she goes home and becomes an adult. It hits because it's a feeling of in certain relationships or certain experiences, no matter what you do, you're still losing in the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. And Does I think that going, sense? yeah, and kind of playing in with that Peter and Wendy, obviously Peter Pan, um, mm-hmm. you know, Peter in his whole sense of himself, he did not want to grow up where Wendy consciously made that decision. No, I don't want to stay a child. I want to grow up and experience life. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think, you know, that's really impactful with that line. Another favorite line that I have is um, hand under my sweatshirt, baby, kiss it better. Mm -hmm. Love that one. Um, That is a good line. Yeah. So this song, like, um, first of all, it it just tells such a beautiful story in the imagery of all the lines and I'm, I'm all that song that that tells a story <laughs> I guess you can kind of tell because we did an episode on um folklore as a story yeah so I'm really into it for that reason too and I don't know it's just incredibly sad like it's got very upbeat swings in the music but mm-hmm. fundamentally like the line the lyrics are just so sad and beautiful and I can kind of relate in two ways. A little bit is, um, you know, when I was younger and young love where I really was played by a guy and yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> fun. That was fun. Um, good times. Yeah. And I just, it, it was something that could have been amazing, but instead of him wanting to invest in, in our relationship, he was just like, mm, no, like, I want to keep playing around. So maybe that's why the the Peter losing Wendy really hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was four or five years older than me. And I acted like I was probably the one who was five years older. Yeah. I've had an experience like that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's always and then, very shocking when that happens. Yeah. And then also with this song, um, a little bit in my adult relationship that I have now, um, some of the, the lines like, I don't know. They just, they bring me back to a time when, when my boyfriend and I were younger and, you know, the <laughs> dancing in your Levi's and, um, handed her my sweatshirt, baby, kiss it better. I don't know. It just pulls me back to when we were younger and first started dating and that playfulness of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I really love this song. So yeah. I don't think I really have a deep <laughs> analogy <laughs> of it. I just, I don't know. There's just little things in it that, make me happy they make me sad and I just I feel so much in the song that I love it it just really slaps you know mm, yes and that brings us to uh the most difficult song for me to figure out a lyric for which was uh, the last great American dynasty mm-hmm. so what I love about this song is the fact that to be honest it could be an entire Netflix miniseries Absolutely. Like I would watch this as a movie or a miniseries, hands down. Mm -hmm. But I actually, I really struggled to find a favorite lyric and I kind of decided that I don't necessarily have one because to understand one lyric, you need to know which lyric came before it. And then you also need to know which lyric comes after. Like it's not, uh, there isn't any that stand out to me as an individual, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. But what I really loved about it is it, she really showcased her storytelling where you really didn't know where it was going. That's true. And at the end, she was like, LOL, 
it's my house. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, damn, Taylor. You're right. I, I it think is it, your house. <laughs> I think it was one of those moments where Taylor, you know, she's been bombarded of being like, oh, you only sing about boyfriends and, and exes and stuff. It's just like, I wrote a fucking song about my house. Okay. Take that. Exactly. And you know what? It's a pretty dope house. It is a dope house. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I find it just to be a very fascinating story and a very fascinating look into, you know, how much she's been through with the media over time and Mm -hmm. to hear a story about somebody who you know I don't I don't know exactly when was her prime so I'm not going to say when because I don't want to be incorrect and then get added on the Instagram no (laughs) (laughs) but it was fascinating to hear her basically tell a story about someone completely different but who was just as impacted by the media Yes, like almost like a kindred spirit, would you say? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so uh, synchronistic in a way where Taylor wound up buying her house. Yes, like it's just a beautiful metaphor, so to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really love it about that that song. Right. All right, so my favorite line from that song. Okay. I, I, I struggled with you as well, but um, the line I chose it's it's kind of bit a bit about um how i felt as the song as a whole you know going down the same track as you like uh the issues with the media um also with men in in both women's lives both taylor's and and uh, betty's um so for me you know it's a good song i'm not always in the mood for it but mm-hmm. i do enjoy it and i think a lot of the lyrics are definitely key line Key lines about, um, you know, women's problems with men in a way. Yeah. Because throughout history, um, women have been blamed for a lot of things. So that's why I chose the line, must have been her fault, his heart gave out. Where, Ooh. you know, yeah, like, because one. it just so, like, it felt that um, men, men, men are not responsible for their errors. Yet you know, it's always the woman's fault. And especially in that time when it was the um, 40s, 50s era mm-hmm. that, you know, women were to be seen, not heard, and support their husbands. But if anything went wrong, it was their fault. You know, if they, if they got a divorce, they were the ones who were uh, chastised and, like, shunned from society. So... I could, that that was kind of the underlying meaning I got from from parts of that song. Yeah, I got I I got that too. Actually, you gotta love Western society. I know, right? Well, I feel like all societies, <laughs> all societies. But you know, we live in the Western one, so you know, there's some issues right now that we're like, damn, yes, <laughs> very absolutely. prevalent still. Yes. All right, uh, let's move on to song number three. Wow, four. Sorry. Four. So I can't count. I can't read. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. It's my life. It's a rough day. Yeah. Which which song is it, Laura? Exile. Uh, the one that Laura cried to while she closed up her, her <laughs> job. Because the day traumatic AF. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> the Aries came uh, out. The Pisces came out. And exile it made all me came sob in, in my workplace. <laughs> You're Pisces moon sign, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, it, how's this just for emotional signs? as shit. 
I but I'm the Aries keeps it together. Like that's my that's my sun sign, mm-hmm. and then I'm a I'm a Gemini rising, so that's fun. Don't, yeah. We don't always get along with the Gemini, but all of my a lot of my best friends are are Gemini's, and so is my boyfriend, so is my mother. So Gemini's are cool with me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have internal struggle with my Gemini, but you know it's fine. And then mm-hmm. yeah, Pisces Moon, and oh boy, it's like the Aries exterior of what I showcase to the world, but how I actually am is Pisces, emotional, yeah. and see, delicate, sensitive. See my favorite thing, and. So I'll just give you some insight into her is uh, we both have a tendency when something's going on to not speak to each other. Um, We have to see how it plays out. Yes. When I don't, when I kind of go quiet, Laura's like, okay, this bitch, I got to get in there. And she will like kind of force me to talk about it. And when Laura does that, I'm like, hmm, the Aries is coming out and wants to solve whatever is going on independently and if she really needs me the Pisces will give me a call yes yeah yeah Yeah. that's when you just like leave her alone oh my god don't don't touch her yeah and usually about a week and a half later the Pisces will come out (laughs) I'll be like so this is all the shit that happened to me in the past two weeks (laughs) yes yes and it's like it's okay Um, I already solved all all the problems all the problems are fixed but I just wanted to let you know (laughs) I just wanted to let you know that I was a crying mess for a week (laughs) Why am I like this? (laughs) (laughs) But back to exile, back to folklore day, whatever it is that we're doing today, folklore day. (laughs) My favorite line is, I am not your problem anymore, so who am I defending now? Oh, such a good line. So good. Good line. I feel like you could have said like any two words in the song. I've been like, yes. So good. It's just all, you're just like, oh, oh. An angel. Love her. Um, but, you know, I'll just keep going into my deep analysis of, of the lyrics. But I always interpret that as, okay, I don't know. I've definitely been this way. But you know when you're dating somebody who in the end was just kind of shitty? Yes. Or even towards the end of the relationship, they weren't treating you very well. And they kind of like they treat you like you're not a priority in their life Mm -hmm. or they don't really care about you anymore. Um, How I interpret that line is like, she knows that, you know, this person is uh, like, she needs to detach from this person. Like she's not their priority. She, you know, she doesn't want to be their priority anymore, but when she's with her friends or her family or whoever she's talking to the relation about the relationship with, she is still defending them and being like, no, they're great. They're good, right. whatever. Right. But she then takes a step back and she's like, but they're not doing the same for me. Mm-hmm. So why am I still defending them? Yes. Like it's it's almost like the permission to let yourself go and leave. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because mm-hmm. I resonate with that line a lot because I've definitely done that a lot of times, not just in romantic relationships. Yeah. But just like everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, definitely. To be honest, I feel like that interpretation kind of covers like the whole song. <laughs> yeah, really, really. I'm like, all right, that's what that's what Rachel thinks of Exile. Okay, what's yours, girl? <laughs> uh, so mine is pretty much everything Taylor says. <laughs> Mood. Mood. <laughs> but I did I did pick a little snippet here. 
and it was it was the line um like you'd get your knuckles bloody for me and yeah that just put me in a place of empty promises and yep. if you listen to our episode where we talk about toxic workplaces i i do yep. kind of bring up exile because that kind of was my relationship with with my family's business of a lot of empty promises and finally i just i had to leave and yes it's a true story i was uh closing everything up one night and it was my last day there i was leaving taking two weeks off before i started my new job and the song was blasting and i was literally standing in the building <laughs> middle of the building crying because yep. i was letting go and it was it was really hard but the song just was that perfect um you know rationalization for me very much mm -hmm. the same how the one was for you yeah of overcoming that that relationship and kind of dealing with things that you realized that you hadn't dealt with mm -hmm. um that's what exile was was for me so yeah just I don't know I can relate so much to this song and I know it's not yeah. a relationship way with a person but I think our our lives are so multifaceted that it doesn't always have to be about a relationship a song you know it can be about a friend um work anything like it, it's definitely. definitely open for interpretation just however you need to cry just let the tears fly baby oh yeah Taylor made it cool to cry all the time. She really did. God bless her. Anyway, God let's move on her. to another crier. My tears yes. ricochet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I feel like we're going down the slope now. Like like we're past American Dynasty and we just we just head right down until like we come back up around invisible string. Yeah, we just head down the depression spiral. Um okay. I feel like, okay, so it's hard for me to really say my analysis of the songs without discussing that time in my life. It's okay. I feel like this album, it's it's very much about a period of your life. So go for it. Exactly. So my favorite, and I'm not going to tell you why this resonates, but because it's very personal, but my favorite line, not necessarily my favorite, but the one that whenever I listen to it, I'm like, holy fuck, is... Uh, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. And so the battleships will sink beneath the waves. Yes. Yes. And can I point out one thing on that line? Because, mm -hmm. um, okay, I have a different favorite line, but I did write down that um, battleships sink beneath the waves because I think it's a very nice nod to Evermore. Yes. Yes. Okay. Proceed. Sorry. I just wanted to throw that little fun yes. fact in there. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like got chills as I said that. But yeah, so I think for me when I – so I actually didn't like this song for a long time. It was that one um, – you know how there's – the on every album there's usually a song for, from Taylor where you're like, I don't really like this. Mm -hmm. But then you keep listening to it and it kind of grows on you over time. Yes, yeah. This was definitely one of those slow burners. Yes, and it was actually the Long Pond Studio sessions that – that version that really I was like oh my god I remember you telling me about that too you're like okay new favorite song <laughs> yeah. love it love it now and it's just when I hear that line um 
because as I said in when we were talking about the one, when you're super, super young in and you're feeling like you love somebody, uh, you don't know how to deal with anger and you don't know how to deal with hurt. So your reaction when someone hurts you is, okay, I'm going to hurt them back. Yes. Yeah, you nailed it. And yeah. yeah. And when I heard that line, I was just taken back to a time where I I really went out in flames, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot to that situation, but like I did not go gracefully. I did not go quietly. And you know what? Like in the end, it was my ships that got shot down. Yes. Yes. Do you know oh, what I mean? I, yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Flashback to that time in your life. Wow. Yes. Well, <laughs> deep. <laughs> Very deep. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> So um, I'm going to move it on to you because as I actually go through these lines, I'm like, I'm getting a little emotional. Oh, my oh God. God. Let's not go back there. Let's not. We Let's work not so go, hard. We are um, happily. We are happily in a relationship. We are not going back there. Yes. Yeah. Got to look yes. forward. So anyway, my favorite line is when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies. <gasps> that, oh, I don't know. There's something about that line. I'm just it's so haunting. Yes. In a way. And I find like I really agree uh, with you on your analysis there where, um, you know, someone hurts you and you feel like you need to hurt them back. And I felt like this whole song was very much a guilt trip. Yeah. And I'm actually really glad I can't relate to it in yep. in a personal sense. Um, I'm very fortunate that no one's really ever made me feel like that, that mm-hmm. they hurt me so bad that I need to hurt them too. So yeah. grateful. And grateful. yeah, this song definitely underrated. Um, it, it needs more praise than than what it gets out there. It is a real good track five. It is. It You know, it's a true track five. Um, it really is. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I don't really have too much to say about it. I think you you nailed it there with, um, with you know, uh, people hurting the people that they love. Mm-hmm. My right. nice emotional analysis. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Miracle number six. Uh, all right. Mine was uh, we're just getting so much insight into little 19, 20 year old Rachel today. But mine was I'm still on that tightrope. I'm still trying everything to get you laughing at me. <laughs> so, yes. We might have a ding, a ding, ding, ding here for, for almost the same line. Yes. <laughs> so why uh that line resonates with me is when I was younger I um I'm very introverted and to be honest I was like slightly socially awkward so I felt like I had to overcompensate a lot uh especially at 1920 partying is the thing to do and it really didn't resonate with me like I didn't really like it but it felt like I had to do it to make friends or to date and such. And it felt like whenever I was doing it, I was putting on a show. Mm -hmm. Like I was a circus performer trying to get everybody's attention, except in the end, I never actually got any. And I was basically just that like circus performer on the tightrope. But everyone's left. Like you weren't even that person who you were putting on display. No. And in reality, nobody was watching. Right. So, yeah, that one really slaps. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, my favorite line is just before your favorite line. <laughs> and All right. It's, it's um, I've never been a natural. All I do is try, try, try. And Ooh. still trying everything to keep you looking at me. So very yep. much the same vibe as you. And oof, unpopular opinion, I'm really not a Mirrorball fan. Like, I'm not either. Like it's a light song, but I feel like everyone's just like, oh my God, Mirrorball is the best song on this album. I just, I don't agree. I do not. I do not agree. Yeah. I have my moments with it, but I think, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. Like I like, I love it. I just, it just doesn't hit me. Um, mm-hmm. but I've definitely, you know, same as you been that girl, um, very quiet. And then all of a sudden, uh, you get a little bit older and you're trying to figure yourself out. You're trying to figure out who you are. Um, and you know, what front are, do you put out there? Um, mm-hmm. so you definitely experimented with, you know, what was your mask? Uh, what, what did you want to show people? And a little bit of, of it, especially when I started dating, it was, it wasn't so much as what I wanted. Like if a guy told me that, oh, like, no, we're not exclusive. We're just, we're just hanging out and stuff like that. I'd be like, oh, okay. And like, no, that's what I want too. Even though that wasn't yep. what I wanted. Like I, I You're wanted- like, I don't want that at all. Actually. Yeah. I was just like, no, I, oh, I want a boyfriend and all that. And they're like, oh, I don't want a girlfriend. Like, <clears throat> sorry. Like I don't, I don't want to be exclusive. And I'm just be like, oh, okay. No problem. Yep. We're cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of all I have to say about Mirrorball. Like just, I think we've all, we've all been that girl up on the tightrope for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, next up is seven. And uh, I don't have a big emotional connection to this one, but I know that it can make you cry. Depends on the so day. Often. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so before we have a deep dive into Laura's interpretation, my favorite is, and though I can't recall your face, I still got love for you. Mm, that's a great line. Because I feel like that encapsulated growth and growing up so well where, you know, you have old partners or old friends or even old coaches who were so impactful to your life at a time, but you just grew apart and, you know, like you don't really keep in touch. You, to be honest, haven't seen them since they, you were children or teenagers or however old you were, but the feeling is still there. You know, like you kind of love somebody's soul without being able to physically love the person. Yeah. No, I think that's a good analogy of of what seven is. Mm-hmm. All right. Deep. So <laughs> my my favorite song. So this this is a song that I am either in the mood for and will listen to it or I will skip it. I'm just mm-hmm. very like hot or cold about this song and originally I was just like you know I'd put it on it'd be good a little bit of a bop and then like one day I turned it on and I was I don't know I, I don't know why I don't know what kind of mood I was in who knows but I started you thinking about a, you were in a childhood interpretation zone <laughs> yes yes I was just thinking about being a kid and that kind of stuff and so my favorite line very appropriate to that is Please picture me in the weeds before I learned civility. I used to scream ferociously anytime I wanted. Um, yep. And that's kind of what, what this song is about for me. It's It was kind of not so much mourning your childhood, but like just remembering those times of how carefree it was and how how great it, it really was. Like, you know, you could just 
scream and play and you had no responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of what, what that song is, is for me is just to think about the back about those times and, and just reminisce. So sometimes it's sad and other times it's happy. So that is seven for me. Let's move on to number eight. All right. Which is August. 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 My favorite line. I only chose a short one and it was to live for the hope of it all. Oh, yay. Number two. Wait, I guess this is real. The real one for one. Um, this yes. is my favorite line too. Because I feel like that, that as the one does, that line just encapsulates young love so much. Yep. Where I kind of like always picture it as like university love where, you know, you're kind of like you're just going to school. Like you, your life isn't going to change very drastically over four years. And you start a relationship with somebody and you're like, you know what, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but what if it does work? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of living in the moment and then real life hits and you're like, oh shit, we actually have to think about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely true. Yeah. We have the same favorite line. That's so fun. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I had written down like, I remember thinking I had you and then what my favorite line was to live for the hope of it all. And yeah. You know, another song where I was like, yeah, it's good. It's not It's not like one of my favorite songs on the album, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the story of it because it – I feel like all the songs say meh. I'm like, it's because they, they hit me deeply on a, on a level when I was rejected mm-hmm. <laughs> from a relationship. Um, yeah. You're like, this you is know? too much for me. I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and that's going back to this, this one guy who – kind of played me a little bit where we had this whole like summer fling going on and he you know I was in a relationship but apparently he wasn't um Mm -hmm. and then going back to school it was like okay like you're you're no longer convenient so bye bye so yeah I've definitely definitely been that girl where I was Mm -hmm. just like oh my god like I would wait for your call and um, it never came. It never came. So, yeah, that that was my my young yeah. love. <laughs> we all know. Well, I mean, maybe some people don't, but I know that feeling. So can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I feel like it was before. You know, okay, and I, Rachel and I can really relate. You know, we did not date in high school. Uh, university no. was the first because we rode horses. We rode horses way too much to have time for boys. Um, yes. So it was really university where we were outside of that competitive world and people started noticing us and we're like, wow, all this attention. And But we didn't actually know how to ask for what we, we wanted because this was the first mm-hmm. time we were ever being given that kind of attention. Yep. So we're like, well, I don't want to lose its attention. So yeah, whatever whatever you say, I'm going along with it. Yep. Yeah. So that's very much what like the Mirrorball and, and August songs are are to me Mm -hmm. yeah then we go into the darkest song for me (laughs) oh yes (laughs) which is this is me trying um my favorite line uh and again is gonna kind of go back to that situation is I didn't know if you'd care if I came back I have a lot of regrets about that oh that's very suitable for you yes and 
don't get me wrong. I don't literally mean like I have so many regrets about not going to that person because definitely I made the right choice. But there was definitely a confusing period of time where it felt like that person wanted back into my life. And I didn't trust it because I didn't trust myself and my intuition. And I was like, no, you're just kind of creating something in your head for yourself. But over time, as you get older and you, one, understand boys a bit better, you see what that behavior was. And you're just like, shit, that was something I really, really wanted at that time. And it was right in front of me and I rejected it. And there's not really any going back from that. Yep. Yep. So that's that's that line for me. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite line is my words shoot to kill when I'm mad. I have a lot of regrets about that. Wow. Again, just a different verse. <laughs> yeah, really, really it is. And yeah, for me, like, I, I love this song. I think it's a great song. I don't really have a lot of like personal impact with it, but definitely that just realizing you've lost it all and Mm -hmm. you don't know where to go from there so I probably had moments in my life where where I felt like that but nothing that really stands out for me yeah well I'm glad that you I can't I'm glad that you can't relate fully to that song and my tears ricochet (laughs) yes yeah no I feel feel really really glad (laughs) that's probably my airy side where I'm just like fine done (laughs) You're like cut off over it, <laughs> yeah, over it, done. Yeah, all right. Illicit affairs. This one is great. I actually really loved this song when it first came out. You really did, yes. Yeah, I remember you talking about this song all the time. I love this song, and I'm like, damn, girl, you need help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and I have to say, I feel like this is goes for everyone listening. Um, your favorite lyric for like all the songs tells a lot about how much therapy you need. <laughs> yes. And which one is your favorite song in general? Definitely. Um, so mine was, and you know damn well, for you I would ruin myself a million little times. Mm, that is such, mm. yes. Yes, I love that line. Because um, I think when I listen to that, I resonate to a period of time when uh, before I took a – Uh, hiatus from men where I was really heartbroken and I searched for validation and love uh, in other people and I wasn't taking time to heal or love myself and you know I feel like I lived not that I was ever in a relationship where people were cheating on each other but I lived how illicit affairs makes me feel I lived that many times But I kept going back and Mm -hmm. I'd keep doing it because I was like, hmm, the highs and lows, they work for me and I don't know anything else. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. So, God, my analysis are so dark. (laughs) They are. I'm like, like, hey, this is a good sign. I I just like the words. And you're like, no, this is my life story. Okay, you okay, but we knew what we were getting into when we did this, okay? <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Okay, mm-hmm. so I kind of have, have two lines, but they're very um 
uh, they kind of mirror each other. So the first one is, look at this godforsaken mess that you've made me. Oh, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. And then to mirror that, um, look at this Udi. <laughs> well, sorry, I cannot look at this Udi. This <laughs> Udi. Um, look at this idiotic fool that you made me. Nice. And again, I cannot. I can't really relate to this song, in the sense of putting myself in into that woman's uh, place. But I do have a story mm-hmm. time, a brief, brief story time for everyone. Okay. So post the guy who played me i like burned through men and like did not give a fuck what a good time that was you know what it was (laughs) fun it was fun i was probably a little too wild but it kind of made me think about that so there was this guy i literally forgot his name and tragic yeah it's like (laughs) you always hear stories of like men calling women the wrong name i did that to a guy (laughs) And someone had to remind me what his name was. It was terrible. But anyway, um, we hung. I was hanging out with Sky, kind of going on some dates. I didn't really feel anything for him. And then all of a sudden, he threw up this like huge red flag. And I was like, mm, nope. Like I ghosted him before ghosting was even a thing. And yeah. did you? Did I ever tell you what what that red flag was? No. Okay. He was a little bit older. His name started with a J. Okay. I wrote it down, so I won't okay. that. <laughs> okay. I won't say his full name, but um, so this was Jay, and we were texting back and forth and just like having a little chat. Um, and then I don't know, he, I don't know where it just took an emotional or deep turn, and he told me he's like, I only like myself when I'm drinking, and I was oh, like, No, he did tell me that. Whoa, no, I was like, No, nope, I'm not dealing with this fucking shit. And yeah. I ghosted him from that moment on. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't have, no, no, like you cannot be in my life. Like I will not put up with that if I'm like, you need help. I am not that person to help you. I hope you get help, but no, that is not for my. And don't ever yeah. be afraid to walk away from that situation because I feel like some women and society puts on us that we're supposed to be the savior for people. But you mm-hmm. know what? Maybe it's an unpopular opinion. It is not always your job to to fix someone and we weren't really in a relationship like we were just kind of dating and I was like no I'm not taking this on like no I mean um, good call thank you so this was but yeah an- no you did you did do that you did tell me about that one. Oh yeah I, I ghosted him so hard and I was just like eh, peace <laughs> bye um and then I I think this was a f- I can't remember if it was six months later or like a full year later anyway it was my birthday and, you know, the Facebook notification, do 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 it's Laura's birthday, um, April mm-hmm. 1st, by the way, for for anyone who wants to know. Um, All right. I got a Facebook message from from Jay of just yeah. saying, like, hey, happy birthday. And I was like, oh, thank you. And, like, you know, I asked him how he was doing and that kind of stuff. And um, I – like, we were friends on Facebook, so I could see that he had this beautiful girlfriend who looked nice. lovely. And it was 2 a.m. in the morning. Don't ask me what I was doing up because, like, I'm never up at 2 a.m. But uh, I was just – we were just kind of chatting, saying, hey, how are you? And then he was just like, hey, is your number still the same? Like, he was trying to – like, he started sexting me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the the fuck? Like, no. Like, you, you literally wished me happy birthday. I said thank you, and I asked you how you were. 
Mm -hmm. Um, why, why are you trying to sex me right now? Mm -hmm. And I was just, I couldn't believe this guy because I knew for a fact he was probably laying next to his gorgeous girlfriend and he's texting me. And I'm just like, dude, no, like I'm in a happy relationship. I, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be with you. Like, no. And like, that's when I blocked his number. I deleted him off Facebook because I was like, oh, too many red flags. Like, yeah, girl, girl, like you need to run. Like, like if I had his girlfriend number, I would have been like, girl, run. So yeah, yeah, that's my story time. (laughs) Nice. Yep. Damn. So yeah, I remember that that now actually. (laughs) Moving on to Invisible String. (laughs) Yes. We're out of the gully. We're we're on top of the hill again. Yes. I'm kind of glad that I can finally relate to this song a little bit. Fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and my favorite lyric at the moment, because it changes all the time, is uh, cool was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart. Now I, I send their baby's presents. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I love that Because line. it's kind of like, I don't know, I just uh, – surprise, guys. I got into a happy relationship recently. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> slow clap from Laura (laughs) um and yeah like it definitely um in the relationship I'm in now has that feeling of like okay it makes a lot of sense like why those previous relationships didn't work and like why I had to learn what I did from them in order to get to where I am now and I got to a point before he came into my life where I was like cool with them But now I'm like really at that place where I'm like, you know what? Like, I just want you guys to be so happy and I want myself to be happy and that's great. So would you say that hell was the journey, but it brought you heaven? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. I had to say that. That was a good, that was a good little segue there. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Very proud of it. But yeah, I think um, because we uh, actually, I met him through work and we were actually on the same uh, he's a year younger than me and we were on the same ski racing circuit as kids kind of thing so you know we were definitely in the same place at certain times in our younger life and such and you know just never cross paths where you're just like damn if I could just find one of those start lists we're definitely on the same one that's pretty cute yeah definitely that invisible string moment right there Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, I just love that song right now. <laughs> yeah, no, that song, especially after you go through, like, all the previous songs that we just went through on the album, this mm-hmm. is, like, that little shining light song. And um, one of my favorite lyrics as well is is that cold was a steel. Um, yeah. But I actually pulled a different one. I did, I did jot down cold, but um, my favorite line is time, mystical time, cutting me open and healing me fine. That's a good one. Yes. And I love it. I love it for myself. I love it for Taylor, especially Mm -hmm. because she is definitely someone who has been cut by media, cut by people. And she is walking proof that, you know, she's doing really good. So I don't know. It's just such a hopeful, happy thing that Mm -hmm. even if shit things happen in your life, you know, you, you can heal from them. So I, I don't know. I love that optimism there. Mm-hmm. And she really deserves her Joe right now. Oh, love him God. for her. Yes. Yes. Love it. 
Um, so yes, I love this song. I love how upbeat it is. I just love, um, when I first heard the song, you know, um, going back to actually American dynasty, Mm -hmm. I also kind of put this together for, um, Betty and, and Taylor kind of being in the same house and living very much the same life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she has the the invisible string to Joe. She's got the invisible string to Betty. And I don't know, I just kind of loved all that, all that connection. Um, mm-hmm. Again, going with storylines, I'm a sucker for songs and albums that have storylines to it. So that's kind of where my mind went. And mm-hmm. for me, I, like, I love singing this song to my boyfriend. And he always looks at me like, what the fuck, Laura? But he's <laughs> love it. Um, <laughs> Just because, I don't know, it's just that happiness. And when you're in a great place with your relationship, this is the song that comes to mind. And you have lulls and everything like that. But overall, I don't know, it just makes me really happy. It's like mm-hmm. a little serotonin boost, this song. So fun, so fun, so fun. All right, let's <laughs> take a right turn now to Mad Woman. Shit. Um, <laughs> mine is... Women like hunting witches too, doing your dirtiest work for you. Mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because I – so I – fun fact about me, I was in a sorority for a while in university. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you you expect guys to be kind of shitty. But especially in the sorority, like if you liked the same guy or – somebody was hooking up with the same guy as another girl those girls would be vicious like beyond what was acceptable the it's kind of do you know that thing where a like say uh, a guy is liking another girl's pictures and the girlfriend will message the girl being like you know can you stop yes <laughs> the girl's not even doing anything <laughs> exactly like that kind of thing where it's like the guy is the one who's actually doing the bad thing but the girl is going to be the one that deals the blows. Yes, yes. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yes. So that's kind of why I like that because I think it's a good reflection on how women have been socialized to interact with each other. Yeah, and I think that goes back to um, also what we were talking about earlier. Um, which song were we talking to? Sorry, oh, American Dynasty. Great American Sorry, Dynasty. Uh, yes, wow. <laughs> Ugh. It's been um, a long day. It has been a long day. It's already like almost 10 o'clock here. I know. I'm tired. <laughs> it's past our bedtime. Um, yeah, just where where men are the one at fault, but it's it's the women who take the blame. And we've also been conditioned to be mad at, at the woman, not the man, even though he's the one doing the action. Mm-hmm. Those men. Yep. Yep. Uh, next so- up. Well, I haven't done my favorite line. Oh, girl. girl. Right. I'm sorry. I, I'm here too. Guys, guys I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, love your line. My favorite line is uh, every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. And True. I feel like my, my Aries side really relates to this song. And when I listen to it, like I kind of think of flames and fire and – I think you could put this song on um, Reputation or Lover, and mm-hmm. it would fit just as well. Like, yeah. it's got the social justice side to it. It's got that dark, like, um, reputation attitude as well. And I, 
I kind of really I can't think of a, a specific time when I can relate to the song, but just being a woman, um, I can relate where it's just, you know, we're always kind of put on a pedestal to act and behave a certain way. But when we're not behaving the way that person wants us to, it's our fault. And mm-hmm. then, and you know, going back to my Ariesness, where if you call me crazy, like you're just going to piss me off more. So yeah. it, it's kind of like that, that spiral that people put you in mm-hmm. um, and then they blame you, even though they're the one who, who set you off. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's go on yep, to 13. Yep. Epiphany. Epiphany. That's a sad song. It is. Uh, and this was another slow burn for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, it was a slow burn. But my favorite line is, some things you just can't speak about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much the basis of what this song is about with mental health. Yeah. There are just certain things that you go through in life or that – uh, you know, people will want you, they might ask you later, like, oh, what happened in this situation? You're like, you know what? I don't want to re-experience it. And I can't, uh, I can't go back there. And I, I would never want to uh, put myself in that position. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes. No, definitely. And also sometimes you genuinely just can't put the words to something. Yes. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I love that you had kind of a different point of view of of that song from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was a song like I always liked it, um, especially like the opening lines and, and everything. I really thought it was a beautiful song, but it was after the, the long pond sessions that I was like, oh, wow, like this song really is what's happened to us in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um so my favorite line is, holds your hand through plastic now, Doc, I think she's crashing out. Yeah. And very much what I think about is when when Taylor was was talking about, you know, seeing pictures on the news of nurses and doctors literally sleeping in the hallways, um, trying to help people uh, and save, save their lives when they were fighting with COVID. Um, and it's just that's when this song, this song became really sad for me because we have collectively gone through this traumatic event and it you just think of everything you've seen and the mental toll it's taken on us like um for the essential workers the frontline workers people who have to stay at home like we have all suffered in some way in in the past year over a year now mm-hmm. um so yeah, that's when that song just really became so impactful for me and it it really brings mental health to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I think something you've seen more in the past year than you have even before is people talking about how depressed they are and yeah, and it's okay. And, you know, I've seen so many ads for, for the BetterHelp hotline and all of those more telehealth services, which I think are fantastic and people really should um, take advantage of to just talk about and and understand what they've gone through. You know, some mm-hmm. people have lost their jobs. People have lost loved ones. They've been sick themselves. It's just such a tragedy that I think the song as a whole just 
really brings it to the forefront and is a, just a nice way of um, explaining what's going on. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's move on to Betty. I know this is a bot for you. Boy. Yep. All right, guys. <laughs> we're going to go back to Rachel's uh, 19-year-old self. Um, <laughs> uh, so my – actually, like, I kind of like that we talked about – that I chose the line I did for my tears ricochet because I feel like that really pushes off into this song for me. And the line, it's not my favorite line, to be honest. I hate it, but it's the one that stands out to me the most and always will is uh, the worst thing that I ever did was what I did to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot, so lot kind of going, that line. <laughs> huh? There's a lot being said in that line. Yes. And uh, kind of tying it back to my favorite line from uh, My Tears Ricochet about not being able to go with grace and battleship sinking beneath the waves. Um, I I did not go out gracefully. And pretty much in the end, you know, regardless of anything or whatever future could have been there through my own actions, uh, it was over and it was going to be over for the rest of my life. And Betty just really captured almost the whole experience of that event, if you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, it was through Betty that I came to understand what this album would eventually mean to me because it was the first song that really struck a chord where I was like, oh, right. Haven't dealt with that experience yet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Betty, a real bop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for me, um, Betty, I always pick kind of imagined like the the song Betty as the external version of This Is Me Trying. And Mm -hmm. in our folklore story episode, I do kind of talk about that a little bit. Um, It just kind of seems like like This Is Me Trying is such a, a deep emotional song of someone literally pouring their heart out and feeling like they've lost everything Mm -hmm. yet going back to that more high school love it's almost like okay internally I'm feeling this is me trying but it came out as Betty where it was a little bit more of that like um very young and kind of superficial person teenage uh, way of communicating yes yes like like you have all these deep thoughts but you're, you're not sure how to communicate them um so that was kind of Betty for me I definitely love the song love the story of it and um my favorite line was the only thing I want to do is make it up to you so yeah. yeah you know like you know you cannot get this person back but if you could make one wish it would be to make it up to them. So yeah. that's what that's what the song is for me. I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about mm-hmm. that, but um, yeah. You mean it didn't uh, strike your soul? You weren't. Like, no, I'm oh sorry. It did not destroy me emotionally. <laughs> there were other songs on the album for that, <laughs> but this is why we we need to discuss this because you know everyone's a little bit different, so we're all going to interpret things a little bit differently. Yeah. All right. Well, next up is peace. Which is an interesting song because it's happy, but it's not. 
I don't know. I really liked her explanation of being like, kind of, can you still love me if our life will never be peaceful? Yes. You know, and I feel like in her case, it was the media that that song was about. But uh, Aaron Dessner in the Long Pond Studios was like, well, for me, that song is my depression. I know. And I thought that was such an interesting point of view, too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, sometimes like everyone is difficult to be in a relationship with. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And actually on that note, um, something I had I had jotted down in my notes here, but I didn't actually really say was – um, the reality of relationship lulls, like, you know, I'm very happy in my relationship, but we have times where it's it's really hard and you you think like, hey, do I still love this person? But you, And you do, but you also have to deal with their down days and they have to deal with your down days. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite line, just before we keep going, is that uh, – all these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. Ooh. <laughs> you went with the striker. Yes. And I really like that line because I think, um, you know, I again, I know that it was kind of a reaction to the media in this song. But for me, it's like people have all these opinions about what your relationship is like. And you know what? Maybe it's not uh, as deep as you think it is. But for you, you're like secretly, you're like, no, I would. This is my ride or die. Person. Yes. Yes. And no one can ever really understand that if they're from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And and for me, this the song I love. I love this song. Um, I personally thought it was like also one of those shining light songs, like Invisible String. Not as mm-hmm. upbeat, but definitely up there. And yeah. for me, I always think of just Taylor and Joe. And yep. either, and some days I can't decide is is Taylor singing this song to Joe or is Joe singing this song to Taylor. Um, I just love to picture the idea that Joe is Taylor's protector, and he will do anything to to keep her safe. But I think also on the other side of it, Taylor um, was acknowledging that you know, Joe, if you if you choose this life with me. Um, it's never going to be peaceful. Like it's always going to be like this. So is it going to be enough for you? Mm-hmm. And I really thought it was that song that was the the mature transition um, to that, to that more like adult relationship. Mm-hmm. Cause I think you can agree like folklore in itself is very much as, as we've talked about all evening here, that it's more that very much like high school love, young love and, Evermore, which we will do the same kind of breakdown episode on, is more that like mm-hmm. adult love. Yeah, and peace is very evermore. Yes. And another song that you could have slid onto that album and it would totally work. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the first opening line is our coming of age is come and gone. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like that, like, okay, we're closing the chapter on the young love. Here's the relationship that is my adult relationship. It's not perfect. But, you know, if you're willing to stick it out with me, I am too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads me to my favorite line also kind of like favorite paragraph of the line um so so for me the key line is uh give you my wild give you a child i don't know why i love that line i just really do that is a good album that is a good album (laughs) it's a good album yes it is a good album that's why we've been talking about it all night Rachel. it's a good line guys it's 10 10 p.m and we are grandmothers so we're tired (laughs) um and just to continue off of that, like the whole, okay, the whole paragraph is great, but it's like, 
to give you the silence that only comes when two people understand each other. Family that I chose, now they see your brother as my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just love that part of the song. Uh, every line is great. Not going to lie. Every line's great. But just that section there, it just really comes down to like, I want the future with you. I'm choosing everything about you, even your family. And I just think it's so powerful, especially when it comes to their relationship. So mm-hmm. shipping them and wishing them all the happiness in the world forever and ever. Love this for her. Yeah. And Loki, I was just <laughs> like, did they have a child? <laughs> You're just like, are you married? I swear you I know. Are. I'm like, am I convinced they're already married? Oh, definitely. I feel they're like they're probably a secret baby. We, they'd be like, like, no one knows about. <laughs> so anyway, we are two songs away from being done. Let's move on to hoax. Hell boy. Hoax is an extension of uh, this is me trying for me. Uh, and my f- just for like uh, on a mental health perspective, my the line that hits me the most always is stood on the cliffside screaming, give me a reason. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that line really emulates the feeling of you have kind of lost your will and your drive, but not completely. Yes. Yeah. And I, I still think like a bit of the song though, it's also you're in at that very dark place, but there is that one little thing that is keeping you holding on connected, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything, anything else to add about, about your no. analysis on hoax? All right. No, I'm like, that's dark, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so for me, I, I kind of love this song for Taylor and especially when, I don't know if I heard, if I heard it somewhere or, or read it, that it was kind of about some of her friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's just one of those songs. Like my favorite line is, you knew it still hurt underneath my scars from when they pulled me apart. And I, oh, I like my heart just goes out to her because literally she's been torn down by the media. She's been hounded by them. She's had people who she thought were her best friends that, you know, completely left her. And, you know, my, my second favorite line is um, my kingdom come undone. Um, and I think it really relates back to the Reputation album mm-hmm. um, with the song – this is why we can't have nice things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just like, like it kind of reflects back to, you know, um, gave you the keys to let you in the door and, and, and then it was like, okay, now you cannot have this. So, um, part of it I think is a little bit about reconciliation mm-hmm. of, you know, okay, you did this awful thing to me. So in a way, is it about forgiveness where she's looking beyond that and, um, you know, because your faith as love is the only uh, thing I believe in. Um, that's just kind of where I think about like, oh, like she's she's forgiving this person even though it's been terrible. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's just kind of my analysis of it. I just – I love it for Taylor and especially when she did explain it in the Long Pond Sessions. Um, mm-hmm. I really gained a new appreciation for this song because I feel like sometimes the last song in an album is a little bit overlooked a bit. Yeah. Um, but after I heard that explanation behind it, I was just like, oh, wow, like this, 
this is a really powerful song and I've definitely related to that line of um, underneath my scars where, where they pulled me apart um, mm-hmm. just in, in various, not even romantic relationships, but just relationships in general of, of someone hurting you and knowing how you were hurt and they kind of used that against you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we wrap it up with our final song before we? Yes. <laughs> Let's bring it, back up. Bring it back up. Bring it back up on top of the hill. Yes. So the lakes, and this is actually my second favorite song, and it's. I think it's very fitting that uh, the lakes and the one creates a sandwich. Yes. Of the rest of the album, because whenever I think about these two songs, it's uh the one in my personal journey last year is where I started and the lakes is where I've ended up. Yes. So my favorite line is, is it romantic how all my elegies eulogize me? Mm, Yes. Yes. And it's not even like that personally resonates with me, but it's like, it's such a, I don't know the word. It's kind of like such a nice, like a nice, um, oxymoron not ox what's what's the word when you like pay i don't want to use the word homage but yes okay no i follow you now okay yeah like it's kind of such a nice um thing for her where it really i think encapsulates her career mm-hmm. up until this point and you know it's kind of like she acknowledge she's acknowledging the fact that eventually like She's going to maybe leave the industry and completely disappear, but she's not going to be forgotten. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. A tribute. I meant it's a very nice tribute to (laughs) her. There you go. Got it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's just why I love that song is it really encapsulates how much work she's done in her life and how impactful she is to society. But Eventually, she's like, I, I want, I want a simple, and I want a quiet life. Yes, but I also know that my legacy is going to be left behind. Yeah, it's kind of her also accepting. She's just like, you know, even if I do step away, it's it's always going to follow me. Hmm. Yes. So, the so lake for man. Yeah. Sometimes good- I really. I really want to go back to the Lake District and just never come back. <laughs> I know. I feel like this is just some days when you're working, you're just like, I could just leave it all, live in a small town, and you know, no one would ever hear from me again. Yep. Um, so from my point of view, I must say, first off, did anyone think that this was Taylor announcing her retirement? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, she's just done. Because we didn't know about Evermore. We didn't know what was coming up, you know? There was so much more to come. But this was back when she just dropped an album and the last song on it was like, peace, y'all. <laughs> Move into the middle Bye. of nowhere and cutting you all off. And so like I had a moment where I was just like, oh, man, this is her like saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, love this song. I, I think it's it's that cross between a bop but also like just, just pleasing to the ear. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's one that kind of gets stuck in my head a little bit every time I listen to it. And for that, that's, that's why I love the, the chorus of taking to the lakes where all the poets went to die. I don't belong. And my beloved, neither do you. Um, mm-hmm. I love that part. But I do have to shout out this one line. Um, 
I've come too far to watch some name-dropping sleeves tell me what are my words worth. I see mm. you, Taylor. I see you dropping words worth over there in a poetic song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I just love that she she put that in. And when I first yes. heard it, I was just like, words worth. No, she didn't. She didn't put the lyric like that. But if yes, if you look up the lyric, it's it's Wordsworth as in the last name of the poet Wordsworth. And I love her for that. So see you, Taylor. I appreciate it. Love that. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that takes us to the end. But I kind of one final thought that I had here on this was this album, like Taylor really broke the barriers and not I'm not meaning of like the music industry, but broke her own barriers of what people said she was capable of and the box that she should stay in. Mm -hmm. You know, the woman has done country. The woman's done pop. She's done verge of rock and roll. I'm really hoping she does one day put out a rock album. I think it'd be incredible. And now she's in the alternative indie folk. So I don't know. Hats off to her just being that role model of you can be anyone and no one puts you in a box. But also, yep. I think it's very much like she's made it almost cool to be open about being mm-hmm. unhappy. But it's not a bad thing. Like, it's okay. Because we are emotional human beings. Not every day is rainbows and sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. We have days when you just need to cry. And it's it's good. It's healthy. And there's nothing wrong with it. And I think the more people are open to saying like, hey, I'm having an emotional day and, you know, I had a little cry and now I feel better or, you know, I don't feel any better at all. I think it's okay to talk about that. And I I love that for, for our society if she can have that influence. Mm-hmm. A true queen, man. True queen. True queen. Yeah, that's all I have left to say. Yes. <laughs> I think we've said it all. Um, like we said earlier on in our episode, like two hours ago, um, yeah. we want to know your favorite lyrics and what they mean to you. And also just kind of like, what does the album mean to you in general? And what's your favorite song? What's your least favorite song? I love knowing that about people. So please satisfy our need for that knowledge um, mm-hmm. by sharing with us. Any final thoughts, Rachel? No. Um, what's my favorite song is the one. My least favorite song is Seven. What's You're your... On seven? You're hating on Seven as your least okay, favorite song? Okay, see, really? when I say that it's my least favorite song, I mean it's still good. It's just like my least of the of the good. Okay. I feel like it's I'll just like I just don't resonate with it much, you know? Okay. All right. I'll give it to you. So... My favorite song is Cardigan. And okay. for least favorite song, um I kind of want to go with Mirrorball. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think it is actually like my least favorite songs. They're all great songs. So we we cannot say that anything is bad um because it's not. It just wouldn't be true. But Mirrorball is just that one where I've probably skipped over it the most in the entire mm-hmm. album. And yeah. unless like I'm not close to my phone to skip it or I am in the mood for it. That's usually when I listen to it. I find now, um, especially when we were leading up to this episode, we were listening to all the songs over and over again to kind of get our meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really like the song. Like it's a, it's a good song. It's just meh for me. It's not my favorite. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cardigan right. in Exile forever. 
Yep. Love that. Well, that is the end of Folklore Day. Soon we'll be having Evermore Day and I can't wait. Yes. I can't wait for that day. I think we need to go back now and listen to Evermore a million times and yeah. bring back um, our favorite lines. Yeah. And let, let us know too if you like us doing this because I mean, we will analyze every single Taylor Swift album if you want us to. So like, let us know. Yeah. Or if you just don't like these episodes at all, also let us know. Then we won't make as many. We will still make Evermore because that's what we really want to do. But if you mm-hmm. never want to hear us talk about Taylor Swift again, no promises, but we'll, we'll you know, listen and talk a little less about her. Yeah. Or we might still do an analysis of all the albums, but it really depends on our mood. I'm sorry. It, it does. Yeah. You know, it could be next month and we're like, it's Taylor month. <laughs> yeah, it's Taylor Swift We promise month. to spread them out though, okay? We will not go back to back Taylor because we have lots of other content that we love to talk about. So don't worry, we'll, we'll pepper it in. Um, and on that note, do you have anything else to say, Rachel? I do not. It's bedtime. All right. Well, with that, live like tea. Live like tea.